0: Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be
1: blessed. Good evening, everyone. God bless you for being here. I know that um, there are gonna be some special you know, uh, manifestations of the will of God in our circumstances. I uh, love you, JR, please continue to pray and, and making yourself available to God is the best thing you can ever do. So I'm just gonna read the word right now and just uh, ask you, Lord God, please prepare our hearts and our minds to be um, receptive and perceptive to your voice and uh, your will and your work in our life, in Jesus' name. Isaiah forty verse twenty nine says, "He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength." Philippians four thirteen says, "I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me." 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So, those are very comforting scriptures when we feel depleted, when we've just been pouring out and feeling like we're not replenished. It's a reminder right there that God will uh, make his strength perfect in us. Then I'm going to move over to a few other scriptures. Isaiah 49 verse 8 says, Thus saith the Lord, in an acceptable time have I heard thee, and in a day of salvation have I helped thee, and I will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth to cause to inherit the desolate heritages. Jeremiah 49 11 says, I will preserve them alive. And let thy widows trust in me. Luke 17, says, whoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. That's what he told the disciples. If you're willing to lose what you knew in order to gain what Christ has by following him, by forsaking everything and everyone, then you will preserve your life. Second Tim, So, and then in Second Timothy, Chapter four, verse 18, it says, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and he will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I could stop right there because the word says, Amen. So there we have it. The strength of the Lord is made perfect in our weakness. And when we feel faint, we know that he will Give us strength, and because his grace is sufficient, his strength is uh, made perfect in us. That's why in uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, because it's his strength that we rely on, and um, that's how we get preserved. That's how we enter into the preservation of the Lord. So he's letting us know in Isaiah 49 and verse eight, that he's heard us. It's in an acceptable time of salvation. He's heard us, he's helped us, and he's promising that he will preserve us. And give, it says, because he honors covenant, he keeps covenant, he preserves our life. It says, um, if we follow Jesus then our lives will be preserved so that means if we don't follow him then there's no guarantee that our lives will be preserved and then finally, the last scripture out of Second Timothy 418, it says, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I thought it was worth repeating because it says everything. So that's a prayer right there. And I just come into agreement with the voice of the, Lord, the, uh, the word. And I believe that God is manifesting these these very things in our lives right now. His strength made perfect in us, and He's preserving us and delivering us from every evil work. He's preserving us unto good works. We were created unto good works. And so I thank Him in advance that these miracle signs and wonders right out of His Word follow us who believe Him, transforms our lives to reflect such, and our circumstances to come into alignment with his perfect plan and purpose for our lives anything that will try to block it or stop it or cause us to be weary and doubt i bind it and curse it at the root anything that will help it to manifest expeditiously and cause us to operate in the faith of God in Christ Jesus and have hope and be positive actively uh you know expecting the manifestation of what God has said not what man and not what it looks like but what the word says whatever is conducive to that, then that's what I lose. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. And amen. I want to first and foremost, of course, give honor to God and just thank him for all that he's done, all that he's doing and all that he's going to do in our lives, because to God, we owe it all for us getting up this morning and every morning that we've gotten up to the air that we breathe right now, everything that we do, we owe thanks and honor to God for. So I'm grateful to him. And secondly, I would like to thank him for the the people that he's placed in our lives in my life speaking from, you know, just my own personal viewpoint. And it's just something to truly be grateful for, to have a community, to have a family, to have brothers and sisters praying for you, praying on your behalf, praying with you, you know, helping you labor in the work and just making sure that we all have what we need in Jesus name. And it's just something to to truly be grateful for. So with that, um, the last few weeks, we have been talking about the different forms and purposes of prayer. We started off with um, us using our authoritative prayer because the the normal worshiping form of prayer that we use, of course, is perfectly acceptable. All prayer that, that we have with God is our conversation. And so, of course, that's encouraged. But there are a lot of times where there are certain things that when they need to to be changed, or if a breakthrough is going to happen, or if some generational curse is going to be broken, or a demon cast out, or sight given to the blind, or whatever it may be. In order for certain things to come into fruition, well, we have to do what our Lord did. We have to speak to the situation. We have to use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God Himself. We have to use what we've been taught. We have to use it in accordance to the power that we've been given. And that's all based and rooted inside of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And when we plead his blood, the same blood that made you and me all over again into new people, the same blood that replenishes our spirit, the one that the blood that wiped away all our sins and everything else, when we use that in accordance to the blessings that God is giving us, well, things begin to change. When we tack on fasting and and special prayer that goes along with fasting, whether it be from food or from certain activities that we enjoy like sports or music or whatever it may be, we begin to cut off these different ties that keep us sort of connected to this here world of ours. And it opens up a rift, we'll say, To where we can allow more of God into our lives because there are less distractions, and in doing so, well, the prayer just happens to get tuned up a little bit, and by a little bit, I mean a lot. And then, of course, last week we um we talked about preservation, something of which I know we can all relate to because at one point or another, we have all experienced burnout. The days just seem longer. We feel more lethargic we don't want to do as much as we normally would. It's that age old, I'll do it tomorrow. It's that I just want to stay in bed today kind of feeling the, I don't want to be bothered kind of feeling. And, you know, as someone who personally has experienced it again today, because it's, it's been a very long week. I thank God that just centering the heart And the mind on him helps get you back on track. It helps really to replenish you, to fill you back up as my mom was praying, because there are so many times where we feel just spent, like we've been pouring and pouring and pouring and nothing's coming back in. And I'll tell you from experience, not just as a fellow brother and sister of Christ, but also as a minister, someone who has to pour out on a consistent basis it's that when we get to that, that low point where it seems like we're kind of getting to the last of, of our rations, I'll say, well, we can truly thank God because we know that everything that we end up going through serves the particular purpose of making sure that we can grow our faith so for today's lesson, and I know that's a long intro, but I need us to be on the same page to be on one accord. We're going to talk about preserving. I've entitled it to preserve. Now, last week, we, we covered that in prayer about how to pray a more preserving prayer. So now we're going to do what, what you know we can do best, and that's let God minister to us. We can just sit down, we can open our hearts, our ears, our minds to the Lord, and we can listen. So, we're going to start off in John chapter 1, <clears throat> verses 1 through 5, and then we'll follow that up with Isaiah chapter 40, verses 6 through 8. And so, the Bible says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Then in Isaiah 40 the Bible says, A voice said, Shout. I asked, What should I shout? Shout that the people are like the grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in a field. The grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord, and so it is with people. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Now, I want to jump back up to the end of verse 5 in John chapter 1. Because in the amplified version of the Bible, it says that the line that that the light shines on in the darkness and the darkness did not understand it or overpower it or appropriate it or absorb it. And it is unreceptive to it. Now, what does this all mean for you and for me? Well, let's start with the basics. We understand because of what God has blessed us to have here in our own little section of Bible study is that the, the word as we know it, The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is the thing that we stake our very lives on. It is our guidance. It is everything. It's what God has used to create the fabrications of reality itself. It's what he used as the book of, what is it, Proverbs refers to it as wisdom. The word or God himself, Jesus, our savior, has always been. Point blank period before there was a was, and he'll be here way after there is there, once it reaches its endpoint. And the cool thing is we'll be with God because we're saved from, of course, what could be. But here's what I want us to understand, especially having read Isaiah chapter 40 with this. God always was, always is, and always will be. And because we, who were once finite in spirit, our spirits had an endpoint to go pay for the atrocities that they've committed by burning in hell for all eternity, we don't want to do that. But because now, we are now a part of the Lord, and we are connected to Him eternally. What we experience now with God, is this wonderful feeling of belonging, of acceptance, of eternity to come. See, we have something, as the the elders of the church say, especially in all the older gospel songs, we have a blessed assurance, meaning that despite what is going on in this world, despite what may get you down throughout the day, throughout the week, the month, the year, the years to come, God willing, no matter what tries to deter you from your course, no matter what thing may hurt you, may try to break you, may try to get you down. The simple fact is that Satan would love to try to destroy but can never ever get close to is your hope. Your hope belongs inside of God, and he has made it very prevalent, very apparent, and very... Well, basically right in front of your face. That's the whole apparent part that he has you. You are covered. You are with him from today, tomorrow and the rest of your days. When your days end here on this planet and the work is done for the rest of all eternity, you will be with your Lord. And that's our blessed assurance. The simple fact that regardless of what's going on, he has you in the same way and, oh Lord, I'm trying to think of who it is. I think it was Elijah. Yes, it was Elijah on his journey to go anoint Elisha, that when he was ready to give up, when he was ready to call it quits, the Lord kept speaking to him. He kept reminding him that, look, you're tired here. Here's some rest. Go lay on that rock. God is our rock. No more symbolism here. No more physical rock that we need to go lay on because spiritually God is our rock and he has us. When there's food that needs to be given to reinvigorate the body, well, the word of God is way better than the manna from heaven that was actual little chunks of bread that the children of Israel could eat. We have better than that for God himself, our Lord, our Savior, he is the manna from heaven, the one that will fill us up to where we're never hungry ever again. When we need water, well, just like he told the woman at the well, the water he gives us will make sure that we never thirst again. So now that we have him, what am I telling you? You're being preserved. That's the message of the day. You're being preserved from the moment you make it up in your mind that you want better for yourself, that you know that living a life without Jesus is not a life at all, but instead just beautified damnation. Waiting to happen. But you want better. You've heard the good news. You've heard the gospel, which is the testimony of Jesus. And you said, you know what? That sounds really good. I want in. And then what do you do? You go before the Lord on bended knee. You repent, confessing your sins that you were wrong, and that you understand that you can now be made right if you would just accept the love that God is openly giving to you. And then what happens? You're now a new creature by the the blessing of the impartation of his Holy Spirit. Now you two are one. And now you go embark upon your sanctification journey where you continuously grow and grow and grow and help touch lives in the name of Jesus to bring them out of those dark places, to bring yourself in Jesus's name out of the dark places. Because what do we do when we're at our low points. Do we run and hide? Do we go back to the same hole? Do we act like the dog and return to our feces? No, we don't do that. We don't return to the vomit. We don't go back to the same old place because we're not the same old person. Instead, we run to the new place, to our new place of safety, who is God. And throughout the entire time, we're being preserved. When the strength feels like it's fading, it's being preserved and being replenished sometimes without you even knowing it, because that's just how good God is. He takes care of you every single step of the way. He makes sure that before you can even pray the prayer, Lord, I need strength. He already has the strength on the way because he knows your needs before you can even ask him. That's how good of a God we serve. So yes, just with the first pair of scriptures alone, you already know that you're being preserved. And if you were with us last week, or if you listened to it at some other point, you know how to pray a prayer of preservation. How to not just keep yourself on the up and up, but how to help keep your brothers and sisters on the up and up. Because when we pray for one another, it shows God just how deep his love runs throughout us. Because true love isn't a selfish love, it's a love that extends to others. Now, let's keep going. Matthew chapter 5 verses 17 through 20 and Psalms 12 verses 7 through 8. The Bible says, don't misunderstand why I've come. And I forgot to put this in red text, so forgive me, but this is Jesus speaking. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writing of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth until heaven and earth disappear Not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. Now, I believe in the ESV it said that not even the tiniest iota, which is perfect because we've studied that word together before. So, if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And Psalms 12 says, "Therefore, Lord, we know you will protect the oppressed, preserving, there is our key word, them forever from this lying generation, even though the wicked strut about and evil is praised throughout the land. So How do we interpret this? Well, Jesus made it very plain and simple. He did not come to get rid of anything. He came to further establish it, to double down and to help open our eyes. The law itself, as we've talked about so much, was a bodyguard. It was to poke you, to prod you, to make you see that you can't do it, not on your own, it's impossible. You cannot get that out of your head. The whole self-made stuff, that's a laugh because even self-made people had to have help from someone or something to get to where they are. No such thing. But here we go. With God. Because what did he tell us? That the entire the entirety of the law is fulfilled in love. And so our greatest commandment for you and for me is to love the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second, but equally as important as the first, is to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Well, we know that we can't love ourselves until we get to know who God is, because God is the essence of love. So once we build the relationship with God and we start spending time with love, well, then we understand how to love ourselves and in the process then we can express said love to the next person because what you do for another person has a whole lot to say about you now there are a lot of selfish people in the world there are a lot of selfish christians sadly but here's the thing love is so powerful especially according to the word that it covers the multitude of sin meaning all the things you thought were unforgivable, minus blaspheming the Holy Spirit. God's love covers that, meaning that he's preserving you up until the point you get with him so that you have the opportunity to get with him. See how good God is. He preserves you while you're still his enemy. He saved us, as the Bible teaches us, while we were yet still enemies. So now the offer for Redemption is on the table. It's a free gift bought in blood to give to you and to me so that we can help show others you don't have to live in darkness. God preserving us from the very beginning. Isn't he amazing? But then we further see that Jesus is letting us know, as I just told you, that unless we're more righteous than the the pious people, And true righteousness is living according to the word and the will of God, not just spitting out commandments at people, expecting them to obey them because of some tradition that we decided to make up. No, that's not how it works. But we live holy because our Father is holy. And how do you do that? Well, you understand what love is first and foremost. You grow a reverential fear of who God Almighty is because he could take you out like that. He could break you in half, just like you could rip a piece of grass out the ground. He can find he can ground you into a fine paste and make you to as if you never were. That's God. But he's also so wonderful, so compassionate, so full of grace and mercy to where he can save you while you still hate him. Yes, I said hate because when we didn't know God, we hated him. But now that we know him, we can say without a shadow of a doubt that we love him more than anything. But here we go. The kicker of it all. In Psalms, we're shown that the Lord is the protector of the oppressed. And maybe we as Christians are the oppressed here because evil does not like good at all. And evil's running rampant. But it's okay. We can take heart in the simple fact that knowing if this world hates us, then we truly do belong to God because it hated him. And he let us know that it would hate us too because it hated him. But that's a good sign because that means you really do belong to your father, not Satan. You don't belong to him anymore, but you belong to Jesus. And that's wonderful because the true mark of any child that belongs to a parent is that they typically carry some form of tendency that their parent has. Well, the biggest sign for you and for me is love. Am I a Christian? How can you tell? Look at the love that emanates from my life, the love that I'm emulating from my father, because as a mirror, I can only reflect what has been beamed down onto me. And when the light that reflects off of me refracts into another person, well, the light the world just happens to get a little bit brighter. We begin to become the the light that's on the table, like Jesus described us. We begin to add taste to the blandness of this world because we're the salt of the world, as Jesus calls us. We begin to produce fruit because we're branches connected to the vine. And the fruit that we produce, according to the book of Revelation, is the fruit that heals and restores the nations. So, the entire process of our life, being preserved while we were enemies to get to God, to being preserved throughout the process of sanctification to help save other people, it's a whole big preservation cycle. Making sure that just like the recycling bin symbol, it keeps going, it keeps turning. God saves a person, that person spreads God's light to another person. That person gets saved and they grab another and then so on and so forth and the cycle continues and generational curses break. And the things that used to want to keep you in bed can't keep you in bed anymore because you have so much strength that even the overflow that God has in your life. That's enough. Just the part that's dripping out the cup is enough to keep you from saying, I just, I need to stay in bed for a couple of days. It's the same thing that'll pick you up when you were feeling horrible all day and make you feel brand new. I'm speaking from experience right now. It's the thing that makes you say, Lord, even though I don't want to, I will because I love you so much and I know somebody needs it. I don't know who, but somebody needs it. And that's the kind of God that we serve." So we're being preserved every step of the way. And it's so beautiful because God loves you so much that even when you feel like you're out, even when you feel completely drained, at least we think we are, that God has so much more in store that all you have to do is call on that great name, Jesus. Remind yourself of the promises that he personally made to you. I'm not talking about us as a whole, but to you personally and watch the the strength, the, the renewance, the energy, the peace, the happiness, the joy, all of it. Watch it just bubble up inside and come flowing out because your God isn't in some room on a pedestal. He isn't in some temple that we had to build and behind a curtain. He isn't at some shopping center no he's living with you inside of your heart and he goes everywhere with you experiencing everything that you do so that you don't have to do it alone preserving you keeping your sanity keeping your peace keeping your joy because everything god gave you the world didn't give it so it surely can't take it away now we take a look at first peter Uh, chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, and John 17, verses 12 through 16. And the Bible says, You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart, for you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. See, we've been talking about this. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word, there's that but clause, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. And Jesus tells us during my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that no, not one was lost except the one headed for destruction, as the scriptures foretold. Now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be fulfilled with my joy. I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world." I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Now, we've discussed this a couple of times here, and the Bible describes us, and by us, I mean we who call upon the name of the Lord, as sojourners in this world. We're just travelers. We're passing through. We have a job to do, And like any good person who works on a job, we come in, we clock in, we put in the hours and then we go home. Well, the good thing about this job that we have here is that even though the job seems kind of lengthy because it can span a while and and our perception of what time is, it's cool because we have refreshments. We have a, a, a relaxation area. We have vacation time. We have all the amenities that come with a very good paying job. We have excellent benefits. HR is the best I've ever seen anywhere because not only does the person in charge of human resources take care of you, but he's your best friend. That sounds like a good trade to me for a little bit of work time. And so here's the thing for us. We see once again, that the Bible is describing us, this body that we have, the things that we get so mixed up into that we dump just endless amounts of time into as finite. It, it comes and goes like the breeze in the morning or the flowers that bloom one day and then decay the other. It's not to make you sad. It's to give you a reality check. The one thing that matters in life and it's, it's the same as when Martha was talking to Jesus about Mary. It's him. It's about spreading his love. It's about getting people out of bondage. It's about helping them see that the club can't do nothing for them. The money in their bank account, even if it's vast, can do nothing for them. Because if God was to come back today, what is your money going to do? God doesn't need it. He surely doesn't want it because it's his in the first place like Jesus tells us, and like Revelation begins to really spell it all out. People will cry out to the mountains to cover them, to try to preserve their finite lives, but it ain't gonna happen. So what do we do? Well, we do what God is telling us to do. Choose life. He gave us the test answers already. Choose life. What's life, God? Me. I'm life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life and the light of the world. Choose me. I won't make you choose me, but I'm telling you it's in your best interest to choose me. Why? Because God never took choice away. So at the end of the day, when everything's said and done, and Satan's locked up for good, and God is here with you and me, the last call, people still won't choose him. Why? Because they were just messed up. Plain and simple. But God has already told you. He's telling you now. He told us. Then He'll keep telling us till literally the last call. Choose life. It's that simple. You want to preserve your life? We'll give it up and pick up the cross and follow me. Because if you try to protect yourself, you'll fail. But if you let me protect you, I can't fail. I'll keep you safe. And not only will I keep you safe, but I'll give you joy. And I'll make that joy abundant. I'll give you peace and I'll make it abundant. I'll give you love because I am love. I'm love, I'm joy, I'm peace, I'm hope, I'm all of it. And I'll give it to you in so much abundance to where you just don't know what to do with it except give it to someone else. Except say thank you, Lord. Except say hallelujah. Except praise your name, Jesus, because that's the kind of God that we serve. So, once again, I'm grateful. That God has been preserving us every step of the way. And he said it himself on the cross before he gave up the ghost to go finish the work and to take the sting and the victory from death in the grave. He said, Father, I've guarded them, each and every one of them that you've given to me, both then while he was physically here, now for those of us, and then for those who will come way after we're gone. He's protected us every step of the way. And he's not asking that God kill us just to help us not, you know, go through things. We have to go through things to to grow in order to understand how to encompass his love better, how to spread it better, how to do the work better, how to be a more faithful servant, a more faithful steward, how to just be a better Christian, how to be a better disciple, how to follow him better. We got to go through sometimes. And as we've talked about, it's okay to be on the mountainside. We grow a lot on the mountain. I thank God for the growth. It doesn't always feel good, but what feels good doesn't always help you get to the next stage. So I thank him for the trials and the tribulations, for the storms, for the time I've been on the mountain and it's been raining real bad and my hand feels like it's slipping. But you, you'll never slip. You'll never fall because God is the one keeping you up. He's the one replenishing you every step of the way. And he's the one that not only is our high priest praying for us day and night, but he's the Holy Spirit teaching you, comforting you, advocating for you. Just He's doing everything. All we have to do is be available. That's our one percent. Be available and God does the 99. He'll do everything else. All you have to do is be available. So I thank him that not only has he kept us, will continue to keep us, and he'll keep the rest, but he's keeping us safe from our enemy. Though the enemy roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, he can't get to us. He could try, it'll fail. He could try all he wants to, but God has a hedge of protection around all of our lives, preserving us. Though he may let Satan get a tactic or two off to To make us feel some type of way, but all that purpose is for is to help praise him better. So that when we talk to the enemy, when we tell him, You cannot in Jesus' name, I plead the blood of Jesus against you, I bind every tactic you could try in Jesus' name because not even the gates of hell can prevail. It's so that when we use the authoritative prayer, when we ask God to preserve a brother or a sister, it's because it's coming out of experience. It's coming out of a place of, God, I let that go and I let you have it. I'm not concerned about if I can fix it because I don't have any power on my own. But I know with you, I have all power because through you, I can do any and everything. And that's what it's about. It's not about you. It's about what God can do through you, for you and for the next person. So let's take it on. Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 8 and my favorite, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven through 14. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will and all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then, you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Or as the King James says, it will be marrow unto your bones. Or as the Amplified says, it's like the, it's, it's refreshment for the sinew, the muscle fibers. It's good for your entire physical and spiritual well-being. And now in Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. Now, that last part is probably my favorite. Because for the, the children of Israel and for the, the tribes of, uh, what was it, Judah? Yes, that was right. They were, they were despondent, you know, they were displaced. They had been set tripping again and again and again and again. But God promised look, <clears throat> I'm going to bring you back to where you belong, and that's to me. I gave you a promised land. I want you to have it, I want you to have the nice things but I need you to have the the mindset and the heart stance toward me to say, I deserve nice things. If God can go die for me on a cross, taking my place, something I surely don't deserve, and then he says, I'm righteous because he made me righteous. Well, then I deserve nice things. I don't care what the next person says. I deserve it because my father told me I deserve it. And I'm going to walk with that until the day he takes me home. But see, that's the good thing. We have a home to go to. This is not our home. This is just, uh, what's the word? Um, I'll just say it's temporary for right now because I can't think of another word. But the point is, is that we have a home. And Jesus told us we do, that he is going to prepare a place for you and for me individually, our own personal place, just with him. And that when it's ready, when we've done all that we've been tasked to say and do and our house is prepared just for us, well, then God is going to come pick us up personally and escort us to our house. And then when all this is said and done, as Revelation says, the new heaven and the new Jerusalem will descend from God himself and the people will say, look, there's God he's our God, we're his people and vice versa. I mean, that's, that's breathtaking, honestly. If you've ever read the description of what what our city will look like, I mean, it's made out of nothing but the finest jewelry from ear to ear. It is amazing. It's a thing of beauty. Not to mention my favorite part, especially because I like to joke about this a lot with my brother Broderick, the food going to be hitting, y'all. God got good food waiting on us and man, I like food. So, we got a lot to look forward to. But the point of all of this is to remind you that when you feel burnout, when you feel like things just aren't going the proper way, and I'm putting that in heavy quotations cuz baby, we don't know a thing except that God is good. It's to remind yourself that God has been preserving you since the moment you got here. I know we came here dead, born in sin, shaped in iniquity, but he was preserving not the death in you, but the seed of faith that he planted inside of each and every one of us. He was preserving it so that when you heard the right combination of the gospel, of the good news, that it would activate your special little seed of faith so that not only would it begin to sprout and grow, but that it would grow deep inside of the Lord, so that no matter what the world or Satan would try to throw at you, it can't take you away because you don't belong to him anymore. You belong to Jesus. And as far as the Bible tells me, and as far as I'm concerned, my beginning and my end all reside in God, meaning I can't go back because that person died, just like the Bible told me to do, to nail the passions of my flesh to the cross and the rise with Christ Jesus. And not only did we do it, but we did it in just an amazing way because God did it for us. So with that, remember, not only are you being preserved, but you can continue to let the preservation go. You can pray for more strength. You can Pray for the situation to change. You can pray for the storm to pass because everything in our life has an end date. The storms, the trials, the tribulations, the time on the mountain, it all has to go at some point. But in the situation itself, don't just pray for it to end. Pray for God to give you the strength to see it through, because I promise you the blessings that we had to endure for, those are the best ones. So Heavenly Father, we just come before you saying, thank you, Lord. We thank you so much that we understand how much you love us in a new way, in such a way that you've been preserving us while we were yet still enemies to be made just for you, Lord, that you picked us apart, the remnant, a peculiar people to make your special children, your royal priesthood, so that not only we would be saved from ourselves and from the reality of the mistakes that we made and the, the punishment that we incurred, but so that we could also help other people get to know you too. That those of us who are blessed to be called your children now can help expand the family so that those who come in later can continue to do the same thing, that they'll do the greater works that you told your disciples about, because now we're the disciples, Lord, and we thank you so much that we've not only been blessed to be saved from a very true and actual hell, but that we've also been gifted and just humbled to push this gospel plow, to help tend to the field, Lord, to help pick up some of the harvest, God, to help just see all of it unfold because you're so good, Father. And so, God, I ask you right now that if there's someone out there Who's either listening now, who's gonna listen, or to someone who's just gonna be touched by the message of the gospel, that if they don't know you, that they would get to know you. Because God, it's a lot of people out there that you've been preserving like you preserved us to hear that right message so that they could have their faith activated, so that they could come out of the bondage of slavery to sin because they don't have to belong to it anymore. You broke the shackles. Now, all we have to do is take it off and give it to you. But we can't do that until our eyes have been opened. And they don't get opened until we get to see you, Father. So we thank you so much that the Son was sent to open the eyes, to peel back the scales, so that He could bring us to you, Father. And so that once we get to you, O oh Lord, that the entirety of it all would just begin to make sense. Because there is no separation of powers with you, Father, it's just you. And you have your different roles that you play, just like you give us, so that we can just begin to understand how magnificent you are. Because without it, it probably wouldn't make sense. But we thank you that you put the things in order so that we can begin to understand. And even the stuff we don't understand, I thank you anyway that we don't need to get it all. Because our faith, our hope, our trust says you've never done us wrong and you never will. Because your track record disproves that you'd ever turn on us. Though we may act crazy sometimes, I thank you that you're not like us, that you don't act crazy, that you don't give up just because we messed up for the umpteenth time, that you don't take your love away because we we don't act like we want it sometimes. But God, I thank you that through it all, just like a great parent, you know how to steer us correctly. You know how to correct us correctly. And most importantly, you know how to love us. Something we desperately needed from the time we got here to the time we'll leave. And Father, we are eternally grateful, even more so that we'll be able to bask in your love forever, because that's the promise you made to us. So, Lord, we just want to say we love you, we thank you, and we'll be sure to give your name all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory which you so rightly deserve. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, family. I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form, or fashion today. Each week, we hold Bible study on Zoom, and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you, and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed.